Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Talking Wednesday podcast. I hope this episode finds you well. I hope you've all uh, spent... Recovered. Yeah, I spent the week recovering from uh, the reeling of Wednesday's relegation. There's been a lot of build-up here. We're kind of recording the podcast a little bit differently today because we've already been recording for about an hour and a half, um, probably about an hour when it's all edited down, because this is the community special. So it's not... It's not a. It was going to be just a solo community special that we put out. However, Sheffield Wednesday is going to Sheffield Wednesday, and there's a yeah. lot of news to get through. Well, kind of, it's all come from one place, but we've broken it down, and um, there's a lot of news we want to talk about today when we get into the news before we get to the community special. So we're going to get all the uh, stuff you need to know about Sheffield Wednesday's current situation. We're going to get that talked about. It is. We, that's why we thought we can't leave this. We don't want to leave this. It's great because we're, we're recording it a few days before because obviously we don't have matches now. Um, we're going to make sure that we talk about all of this. It's probably going to be a little bit old by the time this podcast comes out. But if you've been wondering our thoughts about it all week, here's all our thoughts on it. So a bit of housekeeping first. No new reviews. I thought I'd lost one. Can't seem to find it. So it's not been published <laughs> properly. Please go leave us reviews, Apple Podcasts, things like that. Audio reviews are still the pretty much the only element. Well, that and Twitter following is the only element yeah. where we're, la- we're, we're lagging behind stuff. Everything else, smashing our way through. So thank you very much. That's all because of you guys. But help us grow this podcast. Our community has been amazing as this community special later on is testament to that. Uh, we we will talk a bit, little bit about that in the run-up so, to some it. Some very good even. stories in that. In that very, very, very good And the one that I think you'll find very funny and we all had a bit of a giggle about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Uh, and if you uh, want to, uh, if you want to obviously be part of that, subscribe and join the community here. We got those people for this special from um, the email system we set up. But the, the only way you can get sort of involved in that is if you subscribe and you post on the community tab and we've, we've put re- uh, ways out to do that and now we've basically got another means of contacting parts of our community but it's oh we're always looking to grow grow that we want more people on board subscribe it's not a bad part of the internet doesn't cost you anything no and if you are listening on on um podcast services we are not leaving you out of course even if you don't want to watch any of the stuff on youtube go over subscribe or just find find the email that we were talking about and we will uh We'll bring you in as well. We, we're not just here for the YouTube uh, viewers because I know some people love to listen to us on their way to work. So uh, we appreciate you guys just as and much. a couple right. of people this weekend turned around and said they were listening to us on Sunday and going, oh my God, they actually managed to do it and actually do a podcast and actually sound like they weren't like really depressed like every other, other one was. Well, it's, it's one of those where like, I think because we saw it coming, it mm. wasn't, it wasn't a case of let's just rage and let's just we weren't leaving it all out on there in a weird way we're very <laughs> we're not the, we're not professional so to speak but we did bring the that side of it to it because also it's a case of like the passion's there but i've i've felt more i think it's a case of if if we felt injustice we would have probably been a little yeah. bit more raging on that podcast and we were a little bit amped up don't get me wrong first time we started yeah. speaking over each other properly um but yeah Enough of that. Let's get into the news. There's a lot to talk about today. This podcast is already going to be quite long. So massive, massive, massive sort of shout out uh, to, to Nancy, Nancy Frostick and Moore, it's quoted at, and Moore, not Darren Moore, at The Athletic. So I think a couple of them did it, but the way it's quoted in there is Nancy and Moore. So and before we get into it, this literally got posted 
like a couple of hours after Chan Siri's statement came out. Exactly. Which so the which af- the af- was perfect. The athletic is uh, we're not we're not promoting the athletic here, but obviously what we're going to say is we've got quite a lot that was found out about Sheffield Wednesday through this that we are we are going to break down and discuss. We are not going to talk about it all. We have literally got a page in front of us taken from about seven or eight, right? That so the, the so it's a case of we've taken bits of it. If you want the whole article, there's there's loads we've left out because we do that. We you know we don't we don't just want to read somebody's article. We want to make sure they get the traffic as well. So make sure you go over to that article on The Athletic about Wednesday. But we broke it down a little bit. So if you are a neutral here, we do have neutrals listening to this podcast. We're going to start it with the way that they have basically summed up, you know, <laughs> what, what, what Wednesday's current situation is. So this is the, all taken from... Crash. <laughs> pretty much. So, quote, Those off-field problems started with a transfer embargo in the summer of 2018 followed by a second soft embargo the following summer, meaning the club required written permission from the EFL to register a new player or even agree a new contract. One former player says this, quote, killed the club, as uncertainty about punishments for the breaches of the EFL's financial rules plagued them for a year. A protracted legal battle with the EFL followed in 2020 after Wednesday tried to use a loophole in profitability and sustainability rules by selling their Hillsborough Stadium to another company owned by Chanziri into a, in order to avoid losses that would see them once again breach those relegations. Losing that legal butter battle, but winning a subsequent, subsequent appeal against the sanction meant they would dock six points for this season instead of the original punishment of 12, but even so, they have never really looked like staying up. They have hit, been hit with another transfer embargo in 2021. Oh, yeah, yep. I remember that. Yeah. Along with uh, several other championship clubs who filed their accounts late while waiting financial support among the COVID-19 crisis, end quote. So that's, that's basically, if you're a neutral here and you haven't heard us, because we've talked about all this before, yep. but I thought that's a good way that they, they summed it up. That's Sheffield Wednesday's financial situation at the minute. That is the state of Sheffield Wednesday embargoes galore. Um, it's, it's not as good as we were hoping when we talked about the accounts by the looks of it. It looks like we can't see the accounts again for the last couple for the last year or so, but it looks like there could still be some issues there. There is talk if we don't get them on time, and this is something I hope Chancery is doing now, right now, getting those accounts in, we could be docked more points again. Yeah, which would be wonderful in League One. Let's start yeah. at a disadvantage again because that didn't kill morale completely this season already, didn't it? So, um, yeah. Right, let's start with it. So we've we've broken this down into different sections of Wednesday's ownership, leadership, um, different advisors, transfer policy, the state of Sheffield Wednesday, and we're going to start with wages. Okay, so, quote, from the athletic again. Everything we're quoting on this section all until we tell you it's athletics. not. It's all from that athletic article. It's massive. Go check it's it out. It's a huge quote. Players have also felt the impact of late or partial payment of wages, which has occurred at multiple times in the last 18 months, including March and April this year during the team's crucial relegation running. While one player told the athletic that his loyalty bonus at the end of the season was delayed in all cases up to February of this year, players eventually received their wages and bonuses in full on more than one occasion, uh, but on more than one occasion in the last 18 months, did not learn that they would be missing out on pay until checking their accounts. 
One player, mm. one player, right? One player has then been quoted by the athletic as saying to them, "I was walking into the training ground complex through the car park, and one of the staff members turned around to me and asked if I checked my bank account that morning. Have you been paid? I checked and I had, but lo- I, I checked and I had, but loads hadn't. We were due to travel down to London for a game." So you had players that morning, a Friday, saying they weren't going to travel unless they were told what was going on with the money that they were owed. It was a shambles. Players not, end quote there. So players didn't know what was going on with them. How can you not tell players that they're not going to get paid? This is simple business ownership. You have a payroll. You stick to that payroll. You make sure they get paid. If my employer, right, at the end of the month, hadn't paid me, and I didn't get any explanation. I'd be like, well, first of all, I'd be like, well, why haven't you paid me? This is not acceptable. And I'm not coming to work. Yeah, I wouldn't turn up. Yeah. You know, unless I'd, if, I, if there'd not been communication there to go, oh, bankroll's a bit different, you know, that sort of thing. But it's a case of like, I understand why they wouldn't travel. It's a case of you've worked. You honour a contract. In your contract, it says you get this amount. You get paid that amount. Let's try and take away from the fact. Let's try and detra- uh, detach the fact that, yes, they get paid a lot of money. Uh, but also, to be fair, I'm not too fucked about that bit because no. at the end of the day, it's like... They have expenses like everybody else. Yeah, they have exactly. expenses like everybody else. You live, the, the one thing to remember is you live within your means, right? So if I was on the money that they'd have, if I, if I was on 30K a week or whatever, I would probably have a good, like, million-pound house. Yeah. And a mortgage on a million pound house, because why wouldn't I? You live within your means. So if they can't pay their mortgage, it's the same thing, because they, they, they're also probably living an expensive lifestyle because that's a lifestyle they've become accustomed to. Yes, everybody should have savings for a rainy day, especially when you're, you're that well off. However, I, I, know that, I know so many people my age that don't have savings for a rainy day, you know, like. I don't really have, I don't really have anything, you know, everything, everything for me, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those where you're like, you're looking for that situation. Yes, they're in a much better position in that, in that, in that front. But again, it's living within your means. So the article later goes on to say that the players are supposedly on 25 to 30 K a week, by the way, that, so that it goes off what me and Punk were guessing earlier on in the season when we were talking about it. What do you think? It's. I'm surprised we got the level of performance on that last day with all this has been going on. Mm. I'm I'm gobsmacked how much they left it on the line, and I don't know how he's done it, but he sold something to Darren Moore, and it got to be thing because if you're walking to a job and you know your players, like your say you're doing like a management thing, but you know your team. Uh, staff members are not getting paid, you're not going to yep. be able to motivate them to do anything. They're not going to want to do anything. You're going to be stuck with lack of motivation, lack of willingness. And as much as we hear the whole, they're on this much a week, you don't know what the mortgage is. You don't know if they're leasing their cars because some of them do lease the cars. They don't pay yeah. out right. I think. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want this to become a, a defend the players. All because but but I want it to be. I want it to become a case of like this is management from the club financially. No, but what I'm going to say is, I'm going to say, but this is common sense in business. Why yeah. is this not getting done? I understand that there's a pandemic. I get that, and I know, and we all have seen it where we said money's tight. I don't. We have a cash flow problem. Paying 
people and it's not just players though it's actually general members of staff who didn't get paid that's disgusting that is disgusting yeah because those the the members of staff in a football club i've looked at like i've seen like me because i've obviously considered all sorts when i've been like making content and things like that and when i look at media positions and stuff like that the entry stuff and that you can be a senior media person on like 22k at a football club and they're not getting paid mm. you know or it's, the person that washes the kits it's or the person uh, it, who looks at the ground it's ridiculous it's just it's ridiculous and i don't care I don't care what the, the reasoning is behind it. It was unacceptable. Yes, we're in a pandemic. It's unprecedented times, but these are people's lives, right? Yeah. The, the, it's just, it's not acceptable. And, and going from that, when we're talking about finances here, they don't even know, there's no real, real certainty around are they contracts. Are going to get paid next week? Or, no, contracts. Yeah. And contract security and even contract negotiations because The Athletic also understands Paxio has been involved in contract negotiations that have been conducted via whatsapp messages we're doing our contract talks via whatsapp rather than any official club channels what such we as a- we just set a group chat up right right who's all these players are out of contracts we're just going to go through you one be one yeah <laughs> that is insane well Shaw just had his phone on airplane mode so he actually wanted to stay <laughs> but uh celtic wrote to him so <laughs> It's because uh, it was an agent talking about this and the agent said, one agent felt it didn't set the right tone. I wonder why. You think? I, w- I wonder why that wouldn't set the right tone. So on more than one occasion, players approaching the end of their contracts have received no communication regarding their futures. Not even confirmation that we will be offered a new deal. So the uncertainty there, that we to be fair, we only hear, if the public are hearing that like we're not talking about contracts until the end of the season, we're yeah. only hearing that late on, what must the players have been thinking? And obviously this goes back a couple of years. There's a lot in there from ex-players and things as well, and ex-players uh, that used to have a thing with the back room and that, and used to go in there and it used to be a bit more of a community. There's a lot of talk about that in there. We haven't included any of that in it here, but it's, it's an interesting read. With the players that we lost at the end of the last season, how many were in that? Yeah. Like your Fletchers, your Foxes, your Fourth Aries, your New Hughes. It's just not good financially. Like, it's not. It, if you pick up the like dummy for business, it does actually say pay them on time and treat staff with respect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they don't always listen to that second one, but yeah, the first no. one definitely got to do that. Um, it's almost as if uh, staff eventually realize their worth and stop doing um, a lot for a little which mm. should be the way. But, um, yeah, that's not acceptable. Let's, let's move on. Is this a lack of leadership? What's Chan Series' character like? That's going to be the next way we're going to look into here. So, quote, when seeking to approach the club with application... I should say again, in case we ever break any of this out, this is from The Athletic again. <laughs> okay. I'm probably going to have to say that every time in case we need a breakout, or maybe I'll put it on the screen. We'll see. Quote, when seeking to approach the club with applications for the vacant managerial position, for example, agents had to ask journalists, including those from The Athletic, who they should contact in order to submit the paperwork. Did they not get the message for the WhatsApp group? No, clearly they they weren't in there. No. How is that leadership? How how is there no leadership channels in the club? How is there not one person who's running that department? That is it's insane. It's mental. 
Man, so oh. you, so you basically saying we could have put letters in, posted it through Hill, but we could have got the job because we find it. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 find the way to do it. It's um, it's there's a lot of worse things about the managerial mm. process that we're going to talk about in a little while. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh God! Um, at the end of the season, but let, let let's move on before. But let's just let. Stick a pin in that one. We'll come back to it. So um, we're going to talk about Chelsea's character a little bit more and what he's like around the club. So uh, while in the UK, he's known to visit the dressing room before kickoff to shake the hands of the players on match day. He visits Sheffield and has been a limited numbers. We knew all this. We knew that he's he's in Thailand. He can't can't do Um, anything due to everything. I don't know know why I left how he travels in. That's probably (laughs) because we'll see. So... This is the interesting bit. He has called crisis meetings at several points, threatening to sack players before being prepared to do the same to the manager. Threatening to sack the players for performances, right? Why do I have what? a funny feeling he just ran down the stairs going, that wasn't good enough, I'm going to sack you on there? Like, okay. One dressing room source uh, says this resulted in, quote, the lads just came out of the meeting laughing their heads off. End quote. But admitted the language barrier could have been an issue. <laughs> One source saying that in his experience at other clubs, quote, the owner is someone you fear a little bit, but that never seemed to happen at Wednesday. He got too involved with stuff, calling meters with the player meetings with the players, and it loses its impact after a little while. It goes <sighs> back to this he's micromanaging. Yeah. He tries just- to control everything. It reminds me of Ross Wallace's uh, podcast interview where he yes. said that, that, that they sort of ended up just like laughing at Carlos a little he, bit David when he came Brent. in. David Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this is Wallace, by the way. Yeah. Um, during talks about the... All oh, right, we'll talk about that in a second because I really want to talk about that in a second. But... I, oh, that's brilliant. But like, <laughs> he, he comes in and he... I think he doesn't realise that these players are getting paid so much that... Mm. They don't care and they need somebody that knows about football to come in and talk and motivate them. That's why it's very difficult for people outside of football to come into football management. Jose yeah. Mourinho is one of the only people that's really done that that well. Um, the problem I got is when he's coming into these meetings, we got that meet, uh, GIF, GIF or whatever we call it, where it's Vince McMahon with Chan Series head on. I just got that image of him coming through, like shutting his shoulders. And the player going, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, going, this is my club, you're going to do it this way. It, he's running it as a business. I like, in a I business like the sense. passion. I like yes. the passion of him. And I like the fact that he's trying to get so involved with it. But I also now dislike it because it's gone so greatly wrong. Please back off and stop. Stop. Just stop. Because this is the spot. worst. What we're about to tell you is the actual yeah. worst thing <laughs> I have ever heard come out of Sheffield yeah. Wednesday Football Club. And I've been here for a while. Quote, this is talking about the manager. Quote, During talks about the position, one prospective manager was surprised to learn that part of the reason he had landed the chance to chat to Chancery was a result of his career being talked up by the chairman's teenage son. Another claims to have had a phone conversation with the same son to discuss the prospect of taking the job after he called his father unexpectedly while the two men were talking. This kid doesn't need FM. He doesn't need FIFA. That's he has running Wednesday. Wednesday. He talks about handing the chance he talks about handing it over to us. He's already running the club. Yeah, it's like he's, he's it's FIFA. Yeah, I'm saying though, I played a lot of FIFA at 
when I was your age, I made a lot of wrong, wrong decisions on FIFA and also play football manager instead and realize that if you take over Wednesday in this position, if you play it football manager like FIFA, you're going to bankrupt the club. Yeah. Right? You got to be you got to be careful about it. Because this is, is the thing. son involved in the running of the club? I think it's just a case of like he obviously he's obviously a big he family man. Football. Yeah. He's a chance here is a big family man yes. and his son obviously means a lot to him and his son loves football and his son is a Wednesday fan. But Wednesday should not be his son's toy. No. Right? We've and had this said, discussion in the past as well. Yeah. He, this has come up and this isn't the first time. It's like, you, whenever we knew we were signing someone, Atty Chancery follows him on Instagram. Yeah. And you can also say that this, oh, this might be ridiculous. This is just a source coming out. But ha 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 ha. Carlos. Yes. Now, do you believe him? He's come out and said, quote, I did the interview. And I was chosen, and months later, I came to know what the last word on my hiring was. The son of the chairman, who would be 10 or 11 years old. <laughs> He's even in brackets. He laughs at this point. He had seen some things on the internet. So some, press re- <laughs> some press releases in Turkey and some games. The purest reality the decision of a 10-year-old kid opened the door for my life's challenge. And at that moment, I feel like my career was starting seriously. Do you know when we joked about us being the scouting team for Wednesday because we'd been mentioning people on the podcast and then they're popping up? Yeah. How real were we, were we close to this? If we somebody, were, if, we really if somebody's son who is of this, this, this era, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying this is the kid's fault, right? No. Or however old he is now, sort of like, Chancery, this is not your kid's toy, right? If I, if my dad ran Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, first of all, I'd be like, how did we pull that off? And second of all, I'd be like, You'd be having well, a at, my, at, at, at my age, I'd probably help him out a little bit more. But like, yeah. if I was 11 or 12, I wouldn't be saying, we should sign this manager because I've seen him on the internet and he looks really good. The thing that gets me, what, what's he doing at school? Is he just doing like scouting reports? <sighs> This is, this is the most Sheffield Wednesday thing you could every ever, every other kids in like bloody I don't know PE and he's just he's just sat there at the back with a desk because he really doesn't because his idea of PE is just the logistical side of it and he's just like got drawn up maps of but do you remember promotion when we hired and Bruce? looking at nineties clips of Wednesday? Well, do you remember when we hired Bruce? He was at there was a picture of his kid standing next to him, like he took a picture. Mm. Bruce took a picture of his kid. Like I'm now wondering, was he secretly in on that meeting? Or was he the first thing that went, we'll get Bruce? I, ge- I, genuinely, I genuinely think that that lad might have had more input into Sheffield Wednesday than we can even know. Do you reckon Joff was a DC appointment? Yeah. It's, yeah. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's, I believe all of this. Yeah, same. I think it's one of the most ludicrous things I've ever heard, but I believe it all. You know what the scary thing is? I've never ever heard of a kid winning a football team. No, and I don't know what the title of this breakout's going to be. Uh, however old he is, like a fourteen-year-old is running Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. No, seriously, no. You're like, because that's the that's the Wait, case. It, it was a ten. It was ten and eleven when he did Carlos. with Carlos. So, so yeah, he must now. be about fifteen, sixteen. So getting to the point where he could be on board at the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, oh God, can you imagine? We say bring a CEO in, Chancery, <laughs> and he's like, okay, he's gonna run the football club. Here's my son. Is the CEO? 
I mean, there's been dark days of relegation, but what is this? <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I don't mean to either, but this is just... It's, it's ridiculous. And it's, he's crying with laughter. He's not, yeah. so, he's not sobbing. Um, I think we've got to move on to Paxio, because yeah. I just can't. Let us know what you think in the comments. Yeah, please. Christ please. on a bike. Paxio. Quote, the Athletic has been made aware that several former Wednesday managers prefer to communicate with Paxio. Access to the chairman has not always been easy, according to those former bosses, with it sometimes taking days to receive a response, even on pressing matters. Paxio, uh, it goes on to talk about how Paxio is very heavily involved in transfers and player contracts. It's, we joked we about that on WhatsApp. Uh, we joked about his son running the club. It's actually more like it's his son and Paxio. Paxio seems like he's running it more than Chanceri. Uh, quote, sources have labelled Paxio a former agent, quote, like a big teddy bear, and rate him highly, with others who have worked with the club saying that he is a good guy who works under considerable p- pressure. He feels calls from Chanceri into the early hours of the morning and has to pivot between transfer targets on the instructions from the owner based on financial decisions and the recommendations of the transfer committee, who we now know is Chanceri's son. Um, is not, there is actually a transfer There is actually a uh, brought one in. Yeah. Um, others describe Paxio as the go-to between, as a go-between, and the nice guy who understood the scale of the problems, but was unlikely to push or change things or ruffle feathers given his position. Now that's just funny. This is right? weird because we all thought he was the problem. Yes, this is what's weird because every fan was made to believe him. that this man was the one that was the issue. Who came out and said that he was the issue? Was it just Eric Alonso? May have been. Was Eric Alonso the issue? Could have been. If the former bosses in that are saying that Paxio is not the bad one. This is the weird thing. We've all, everyone's always said it. Paxio fault. Paxio needs to go. It sounds like if Paxio go, we could be in even worse trouble. I don't know, though. I think he still needs a new advisory team in. He does. But it's, it's, it's weird that... <sighs> I was going to make a joke, but I'm not making it. <laughs> Probably not a good idea, but like the pat, I'm just I'm just reading it and looking for something like th- this. Just it contrasts everything we've heard about the club recently. Contrasts everything we've heard about the advisory team there, and it just and makes again, it. I want to say hats off to Atlantic, Athletic for bringing this out when they did. Mm-hmm. They hit it while the iron was hot. Yeah, they did, and they're taking the other side of it now. And we don't really know who runs Sheffield Wednesday. No. Um, I think the big thing for Paxio could have been Eric Alonso. Mm. It could have, could have easily been that. Let's, let's uh, bring that into transfer policy a little bit. So, quote, under Chancery, responsibility for player recruitment first started with that short-lived transfer committee consisting of former Newcastle manager Rhoda, ex, uh, rest in peace, ex-Hull City oh. and Derby County chairman Pearson, ex-Charlton Athletic head of academy recruitment senior and former Fulham first co- team coach Hill. Yeah. But since their departure in late 2015, the recruitment process has altered. Since 2019, the recruitment team has been made up of David Downs and Dean Hughes, who was brought in by Bruce during his five-month reign. Quote, um, this is interesting, right? Because we, they've gone under these different panels. So this is a quote from a former player again. Quote, there were opportunities for some people to leave, but the chairman didn't like people leaving. He made it difficult for them to leave. He'd move the goalposts last minute on a deal. 
One lad who wanted to go had to track the chairman down in a hotel and ask to leave. He forced it through in the end. I know who is that it? is. That's Yao. I thought that was Yao. I figured that was the only one who yeah. it could be. Yeah. But so we, We've had this whole thing about telling you, you're always telling us like you're spending all the money, but football, you need to sell players. Mm. Just Your son will even tell you that you have to sell players. It's, it's this... We always hear of Chancery being a tough negotiator. It sounds like he's just dubbing and ignorant at times. And that comes across as half, but that's the reality. Yeah. It's and we, we don't bash that much. We don't. We're, we're, pretty, we're pretty soft on Chancery a lot of the times. We try and see the merit in it. We, we, we're, not a, we're not a pile. We're not, we're not a couple of pylon guys anyway, really. But... We have started to question it a lot more. We've also we were we actually were quite harsh on the things when uh, earlier in the season we wanted the trust to push back against Chancery a lot harder. They've done it upon relegation, so we'll see what happens. But um, it's weird, isn't it? That statement. It is really weird, and the fact that how many sources they've got out of this. Yeah, I reckon actually. I actually reckon one of these sources in here that I saw because the article's very big. Is yeah, but I also reckon one of these sources is your source. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it from some of the stuff it's we've it. heard. Because we've got, we've got, we've got a source uh, that's that's quite that a lot of this stuff. I can see this being legit from what we've heard. Um, that's why we're so behind it. The transfer policy is clearly something we kind of knew this. We knew it was something that was broken, um, and it definitely needs fixing. And we're going to end this section on the state of Sheffield Wednesday with the actual uh, this quote that was in the middle of the article, but I think it's perfect to finish it off. Quote, several sources noted to The Athletic that Wednesday have damaged a, have a damaged reputation within the industry for the way they have handled player contracts, with one leading agent going as far to say that the perception is the club signs, quote, broken players who goes to Hillsborough in the hope of re- reviving their careers rather than it being more driven by a desire to join. And we're quote. back to Milan getting Gary Taylor Fletcher. Oh God! Yeah, we it's Don't we are basically we are basically a retirement home. It's looking like uh, we're linked with older players again this season. Yeah. As we go into the off season, it's going to be interesting. Uh, last time we went down to League One, we signed uh, ten or eleven players, and they were a lot of them were over thirty and had yeah. experience. And when we went back up, we did the same thing. But. I don't think Moore's like that. I think Moore likes the good blend. The, the only saving grace is Moore. Right now. Yeah. What we've heard as well is we have heard that Moore has got pretty much full control of the yes. clubs, like Carlos had. So if that's true, that's a positive sign going forward. We can say that. Yeah. We can say that. Yeah. We, my, we've not... my, my thing is, Chancery now needs to step back and have somebody in a role at the club to run it for him. You pay yeah. people, even though they're not very good at doing that, but you pay them, <laughs> you do everything like that, but you step back. You let other people do it now. You're under I... your reign, we've gone from two playoffs to now a relegation and transfer embargo to the hill. Yeah, that's exactly it, mate. Couldn't put it better myself. But yeah, um, we wanted to bring you with an update on the state of Sheffield Wednesday because it wasn't going to be a news week. It's meant to be all community, but it, uh, there's, there was obviously quite a bit to unpack there. The state of Sheffield well, Wednesday is run by a child. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let us know what you think, but we've had some very good discussions because we knew all this when we went into the discussions as well. So there's pro- this, this is going to come up again uh, because that's why we did it in this order to break it all yeah. down for you guys. But we already knew all of this. 
going in to talk to those uh, six members of the crew. Six or seven, I think we got seven. It was, I think it was seven in the end. Yeah, seven members that we brought in uh, to chat about the community special. If you'd like to be involved in that community special, make sure you uh, you get in touch with us and subscribe and you're part and of the community tab. if you want to read this it, behind a paywall, go read it. It, it. This is just, like, I think I... I the seven pages of it. Yeah, we'll link the we'll actually we we'll link the article down below because yeah. we obviously we've we've uh, it's been a heavy presence in uh, in this week's Talking Wednesday and it's a very very good piece of journalism. So mm. we don't usually we don't usually big up journalism quite that much, but it's it's very very good. So uh, go check it out if you want. We've broken down the bits we found interesting, but there's so much more you can check out now. Over to you guys. Hello and welcome to the much-awaited community section of the Talking Wednesday podcast. We have six guests waiting in our green room, ready to chat all about Sheffield Wednesday's interesting season. We've said the community is a big part of the Talking Wednesday podcast, and we meant it. We want to make sure yep. you guys are as involved as possible, and this is sort of taking that to the next level. So we're just going to crack. Straight into it. This kind of going to be a chilled, chilled sort of atmosphere. We can be asked anything about the season in general. Just it's just a general chat. You know, me and Punk. We've talked about a lot of weird things on this podcast. It could <laughs> end up down that road. So we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, first up today we have Hubert joining us. Hello, Hubert, mate. How are you? Hi, guys. So thank you very much for thank you very much for coming on the first Talking Wednesday stream. Been an and, interesting season, hasn't it? <laughs> and to be fair, we mu- we should point out it is half ten where he is, so we really do appreciate him coming on. Yeah, massive, massively. It's uh, it's it's only six o'clock for us. Um, because believe it or not, we actually we actually had this idea a little while ago, but we probably shouldn't have talked about it on the podcast because it's no. uh, not an original idea by the time this goes up now. But yeah, Hubert, uh, talk to us about what it, whatever you'd like to talk about, mate. Go for it. Um. Well, uh, emotions are everywhere right now i i actually started supporting wednesday not too long ago so it's my first season supporting the club oh, and it's been a wild ride but yeah i mean i wasn't really into football i got into football i had to look for a club to support and wednesday were they caught my eye so yeah it's been a crazy season um that's really that's really interesting. What attracted you to Wednesday then? Uh, if it's because a lot of clubs people go for the Prem clubs, what attracted you to Wednesday? Um, because I got into football during the lockdown, so I was watching a lot of nineties uh, football on on YouTube and like you know nineties matches, games and stuff. So he was seeing the great years of Wednesday football. Yeah, he he they got led him into alive. a false sense of security. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that that was uh, you know uh, Chris Waddle and just watching um uh, what was uh, uh, what's his name? Carbone and all these guys you know Hurst all the great yeah yeah uh, yeah Hurst definitely and um, Kevin Pressman my favorite goalkeeper of all time you know this guy man I I just got uh, I got dragged in and <laughs> I wasn't prepared to for this season to be honest I was just like. I mean, I could see I uh, the points deduction was like was unfortunate. Um, of course, it got halved, and um, you know it 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 was something which uh, was expected. I mean, uh, people were talking about a points deduction the previous season, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, if we look at the news right now, um, I just read a report. Uh, Wickham are actually trying to sue Derby 
county yeah. for you know yeah. yeah so that's another thing if suppose maybe we played well a few of the games earlier which are like we had a chance of winning uh, if we did maybe we could have stayed up i and maybe appealed that point deduction like, well the, the thing know. is with the uh, the points deduction there it's interesting you, you brought that up because um obviously chancery said when we did the accounts episode there was a big thing in there about how his legal team had advised him not to appeal it because i yeah. reckon we could have got into more trouble for it it's all up in the air if you actually remember it's it's funny that derby uh derby are looking to get sued by yeah. wickham because do you remember when we didn't Charlton. have you might not know this if you started in the summer charlton and wigan and that they were all yeah. having a pop at wednesday last season because we didn't have our points deduction applied last season I, I, it's I, like it's like deja it's like deja vu all over again and definitely I feel I do have this thing where I feel for Derby fans because they're going to be stuck in limbo like we were, but yeah. At the same time, if you look at it, Wickham really should go for, it. and their owner is a lawyer, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, what did so um you you get into where you get into Wednesday on that side. So if you've never seen any of the footages from us in League One and things like that, have you never have you looked into any of that yet? I I have I have yeah I have. yeah well. You need to prepare yourself because, yeah. like, the football ain't pretty. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I'm, I'm prepared now. Sorry, so that's the thing. Yeah, we've got the. Uh, it's so difficult with um, League One because we now we've been out of it for what nine years. Yeah, it's changed so much. Like when we when we at the weekend, because obviously we're, we're recording this fairly early after we just recorded the last episode. We were talking about what teams are in there now. And if you look at it, we thought, oh, well, it looks doable. It looks like there's only mm. a couple of massive teams in there, but you forget that that league could be a completely different physical style for us now. You've got Bolton coming up. Kieran Lee's probably going to come and bag a hat-trick yep. against us next year. It's... You actually look at what Kieran Lee did at Bolton. Jesus. Where they were and then where they were when he came in. It... Oh, I miss that player. <laughs> no, yeah. That, did, did did you see much of Kieran Lee? Have you seen because obviously you've you've just come in. Yeah. Yes. Um, I love that. You're probably you're probably more cute clued up than more Wednesday fans, mate. Yeah. Now because there's there's so much that like we just go. Oh well, I've I've been putting up with this crap for years. I'm not I'm not asked. You've probably actually done more research than a lot a lot of fans in recent years. Yep. So like I I even like I remember I started playing FIFA and I have like FIFA 14 I think I started playing and there was uh um we were st I think we were in league league 1 league 2 I'm not sure but yeah I, I think I think I think 14 we were we were championship because it was the uh it had been it been the 13 14 it, season it the but two, we did have Kieran Lee it was the two at Grey season yeah it was uh, but I I remember playing Kieran Lee and uh, what's the, like a lot of other players Hutchinson was in my team and all, all these guys. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to League One. I don't know how it'll be this time. Bolton and a lot of other massive clubs are in this league this time. So, yeah. I, I respect crossed. that. You know, I respect that you've picked Wednesday yeah. out of out of all of that. We do, like, we do apologize to the you misery our now. club <laughs> will put on you because it will, but... Welcome. Well, one thing you will learn about being a Wednesday fan is once you're a Wednesday fan, you're a fan for life. Because I know, yeah. I know, in certain countries and things, and I don't know if it's the same in your country, mate. But like, there's some people don't take football the same way. They jump from club to club to club. Uh, here, obviously, that doesn't exist. Once you've oh. picked one, you're there for life. Unfortunately, as a, there's a, a few of us that would want that to be a bit different. 
here it's like yeah there are people who are like that and there are people who are like you know die hard fans i have a few friends who are like you know liverpool fans tottenham fans they're yeah, like yeah. The, my friend who's an arsenal fan he's like he cries a lot i mean he he he's like <laughs> he's saying if, uh, if you look if you, <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't know nothing i got relegated <laughs> i just don't like got relegated and i'm still i'm still smiling you know like i i, I can't do anything about it but i'm just hoping that we have a good season next uh, this coming season and we we know we get promoted just like i hope so but i don't know you can never you can never tell wh- how it goes and you know i'm a wednesday fan now and i'll be till the day i die so i love that <laughs> i love that, I love that. looking forward to a lifetime of ups and downs <laughs> Well, that's great. And thank you so much for coming on and being much our, our, our first call in on this one. I know it's very late where you are, so you, f- you can feel free <laughs> to, to go to bed, and, bed. Um, and dream about promotion, hopefully. <laughs> I was watching the, uh, the last game against Derby and like uh, when, when um, Cardiff scored, I mean, I was, I was over the moon. I was screaming, shouting, there was an earthquake. And I was like, <laughs> what am oh, I going to do? Am I supposed to run out? My mom was shouting like... You need to run out of the house. I'm like, no, I'm like watching the game. <laughs> Can you imagine just the, the whole building collapsing around him? It's like, I, you, but do you not realize? It's just been an equalizer. It was, it was crazy, man. It, yeah, but then there was the penalty. Yeah. The penalty. Oh, oh, man. Just, oh, it was, I was just. I oh. think that's the best. I think that's. Allegedly, that that's that, the best thing I've heard. Yeah, There's an that's earthquake. Wonderful. I'm celebrating Cardiff as equal. And Wednesday couldn't even away. hold the lead for more than like 32 seconds. That is typical Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Like, throughout this season, that's what I've learned. Like, you know, we were leading. Uh, I forgot. I remember the Cardiff game. We were, we were, we scored so many goals. But I was like, still, till the last moment, I was like, what if they score? It's the hope that kills you, my friend. I was so you know it's like man it's always ups and downs with this club but I'm I'm ready I'm ready. Well Good welcome night. to the fan base uh, and obviously thank you so much for coming on to this one mate. Um thank you very much for your time and uh, thanks for being our first caller but take care cheers. cheers. Thank you guys cheers cheers. Next up we are going to go straight into our next guest and our next guest on stream is Ryan. Welcome to Talking Wednesday Ryan. How are you doing mate? I'm doing all right mate. How are you? We're all right, mate. We're um, it was. We've just we've just heard a very funny story about an earthquake, as I'm sure you just heard in, in Wednesday. So um, it's it's definitely a good start to this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So obviously, not great news. Not a great game in general against Derby. Um. I think the only positive we can take from that is Darren Moore doesn't. He doesn't care if he loses two one four one. He'll still yeah, attack. Yeah. He also doesn't care that he's had pneumonia and he's standing in the rain. Yeah, he's mental but in that. That was it. That's insane. <laughs> but yes, I think um, the way his his philosophy is could be it could either go one or two ways. It could go really well that we're an attacking, forceful team if he gets the right players in, or it could go you know we're losing one nil and then it ends up being three nil, four nil. But um, by the looks of things, it looks like he the way he sets it up, we can chuck six players up and we still have that solid three man back and then obviously you've got Bannon doing all of the work in the midfield going back going forwards spraying balls across and everything well I've seen a lot today about people talking about um, will he revert to a back four in league league one what do you, do, did, what do you think of that one I don't think he did that Dummy. 
I yeah. don't think he's... No, carry on, mate. I think Darren Moore, is the, the way he was playing in the championship, I think it was it's probably some of the best, since Carlos, probably the most enjoyable football I've watched because obviously Tony Pulis wasn't enjoyable to watch. And uh, I found Monk, Monk Ball like, just dreadful. I didn't enjoy watching Gary Monk. I know a lot of people said that they, they thought he had his way and if he got the players he could have got in, they could have um, moved forward with Monk. But I, I just didn't enjoy watching the way Monk played. But I think with Darren Moore, that he, I mean, the Cardiff game was probably the highlight. Yeah. The way we played, the way, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of fans hate Adam Reach and think that he's one of the problem and we need to get rid of him. I, I mean, I'd love to see him in League One. I think he'd absolutely rip it up. But the way he was bombing up and down that left side, uh, the way the midfield and the attack was just all going into the middle, instead of like trying to look back with Monk and, you know, your coolest and stuff, they were looking forwards and spraying balls and obviously... I don't want to say too much about Bannon because I'm a massive Bannon fan, but like the way he was just spraying balls across the pitch, I mean, all season long, to be honest, I think he's probably had two bad games this season. Yeah. yeah. I think, fingers crossed, he'll stay. I, I think he will be staying. Um, just there's a hunt with it. Like, you don't move from Birmingham to Sheffield. And Unless he's going to Sheffield family. United, like there was rumours. <laughs> Yeah. Did you hear those? I did hear that. Can you that? imagine? <laughs> if he goes to Sheffield, I don't know what to do. Imagine losing our captain to the team that were, could have been in Europe and have been in track premiership and had done everything like that and losing our captain to him. Would... He, w- he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do like, it. He, it, he'd it not I don't care what money's on the table. That would not be a wise idea. It would not be a wise idea for a Wednesday captain to move to United whilst no. living in Sheffield either. Like, not the best plan. <laughs> I think the whole thing with Bannon is Bannon has got unfinished business now more than ever because he's part of that team that got relegated and his goal was to get up promoted. Bannon in League One, we all know what he's going to be like. He's going to be scaring most of those players in League One going, how did he hit that ball that far and we can't get to it? Kind mm. of thing. It's going to be very interesting. Um, and I, I like that he was honest and came out and said there's no relief contract. No, that's, that's that's interesting because the, there has something we can talk about this actually, Punk, because your video will have been out by this yep. point. Um, we're at, there has been something that that came out that we've we've put to Punk's channel because we've, we've got too much to talk about on the podcast today, but we might have briefly touched on it. That there is some players in the Wednesday squad with relegation release clauses. Oh, is um, so yeah. Bannon coming out and saying he's not one of them, it'll be interesting because I think it was something like a lot of our club are going to have their wage uh, playing staff are going to have their wages cut by like fifty percent. Yep, and also that there's relegation reclose, uh, release clauses in some players. I'm assuming that's probably the likes of Windass, things like that, but uh, I, we'll have to see. The problem is, the for me and you, Dex, is that probably going to be Patterson, so what do the hell do we do with our shirts? <laughs> that's a good point, actually, <laughs> the, bit, the big feature. <laughs> oh. yeah, with the, the Patterson and Windass situation, I'd love to see Patterson stay. I think yeah. that... In league, he's going to fit League One perfectly. I know, obviously, he might have... We don't know what type of person he is. He might have the ego thinking, obviously, he's played in the Premier League with Cardiff. Um, he's obviously done okay in the Championship. So he might be like, I'm not going down to League One. You know, I thought I'd stay mid-table Championship, but I'd be happy to see him stay. But with Windass, I think, obviously, he's been quite a good striker for us. I'd, I'd see him go. I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be that upset to see him go. I think he's quite selfish. Um, and obviously, to be a striker, you have to have that bit of selfishness. But I feel like mm. um, sometimes in some of the games, he could have spread the ball across instead of just having that shot or running forwards too much and stuff. And I think 
there's certain players that have been in League One this season that we could be looking at. You know, like um, there's the player called Roman Curtis at um, Portsmouth. He's yeah, been yeah, there for a year. He's an amazing player. I mean, I signed him on all my FIFA career modes. <laughs> anywhere on the top, um, anywhere up front, left wing, right wing, centre forward, 24 goal involvements this season. Portsmouth don't, I think, didn't they miss out playoffs? They did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they, uh, they they lost it at the last second last night. It was uh, quite brutal. Cowley's got Portsmouth as well, though, so they're going to be a tough competitor next year. So is, is Patterson one you definitely want to keep hold of? then? Because... Because Windass has only got a, a year left and there's been obviously talks about if Biz come in for him, does Chancery then face the, well, I need to sell him. If he's only well, got a year left, I need to sell him to, to not miss out on him. But to be honest, is a million like for Windass that we get for him, is it even worth it, really? Are we in that much trouble that a million for a, unless he's unhappy and doesn't want to drop down, is it worth well, just for see, a million did, keeping did you him? See, did you see his Instagram post today? Yeah, I did. Canelo with him as well. It was a way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Ah, he seems like he cares. He seems yeah. like care, but he also seems like that's a well. Let my teammates down. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm going. And West Brom oh. worth sniffing for him, and they've now just been relegated. Yeah. I'd take a million because didn't we sign him for five hundred? Four hundred, five hundred, about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be. I guess it's we not a bad a bit profit. of business. We are, yeah made a profit, and then you've we've got a few goals from him. It's. I guess if it's one of those where Chancery wants to go, look, I'm learning, I'm going to sell him, and he gets, he gets him gone, it could, be, it could be one of those. I get what you're saying about Windass, but there's also a case of like his pace could be really useful in League One. Don't. I, <laughs> don't. Go away. <laughs> but no, it, 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 Ryan, is uh, Josh Windass pacey, by the way? Can you just ask? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Because who wouldn't think he's pacey? God, this idiot over here. <laughs> no, the, he the, the other thing, though, with Windass, he's, I've seen his best football under Moore. Under mm. Monk? Moore. M- Moore. Yeah, he gets on with him as well, doesn't he? He's mm. like, he looks like, I mean, he's talking about the boss saying, oh, I really like watch working with him, but, I mean, obviously he did have that falling out before Cook at Wigan, but you think he's played at range, you know, I think he had West Brom Premier League sniffing at him in January, so I think he just think he's too good for League One. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, well, Ryan, before before you go, mate, uh, any play, any well, if you name one player from any league that you could sign perfectly in this situation, who do you think it'd be? Ooh, any league perfectly right now. I would look at. I know this is a bit of a throwback, but I'd bring Lopez back. That centre mid. Oh, right. shout. How old's Lopez now? Twenty nine, hmm. I think. Four years ago, and he's twenty five when he joined. So about twenty nine to thirty. I might be absolutely waffling here. I don't know. No, Punk will check it out. But like looking at the, because uh, yeah, he, he did bring, he brought a calmness to the team. I remember, and that's what you could do with in there. But it is also a case of like the the League One game is different to the Championship game, so he'd have to adapt to it to it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, do you think what's it? Does is he actually getting much football at the minute? Do you think it'd be something he'd do? You know what? I've not actually looked into it to be fair because I think I don't think he'd drop so far because he was in the. Uh, League of Biver that are, uh, weren't he? So I don't think he'd drop all the way to League One in the English League. But I think, you know, he was just, he brought that quality. And I think him and Bannum in the midfield, if Pulapesi goes, then fair. I mean, I'd love to keep him, but he's 33. Oh, okay. That's a League One signing all over. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, that's that's a decent one, that Ryan. It could be an admi again, though. So you'd, we'd have to be extra careful with that. But I think, yeah, I think he'd just bring that. 
that extra bit of calmness. And also then you don't rely on Bannon being the playmaker and the passer and the defender and the attacker and all that because you've got another person that can spin balls across the pitch. No, I like, I like that, yeah, Ryan. Thank you very sense. much. That's uh, that's some great insight, mate. So thank you very much uh, for joining us today, mate. Uh, have a good one, and I'm sure we'll see you again. See you later. Bye-bye. So next up, we've got Callum. Welcome, Callum, mate. How are you? Not bad. How are you? All right, mate. Yeah, decent. So what do you want to ask us, pal? Well, I just want to ask about um, the rebuilding process. Uh, oh. I've always sort of made the point in... Um, that getting relegated to League One, uh, the rebuilding would be um, a lot more organic in the sense that it would take time to work with players in League One, especially like younger ones, uh, and not because I felt like if we were to stay in Championship, we would have held on to a few of our players. And I felt maybe going into League One with those a lot of those players leaving that are out on contract anyway. Um, I think looking for a new generation. Uh, in League One, and then building that towards the future would be a lot better. So I just wanted to know what your views are on that, really. Looking at sort of like doing the, I hate to use this analogy, but doing the other side of the city and starting again in League One and building it that way and building a legacy through the leagues. Well, yeah, but I suppose the problem with United was they they kept those players um, and... Mm. And I don't think they're ever going to get rid of them now. But but no, I mean, you know, just try and work with different players and see, you know, what can like, you know, what, what more can produce. And because I do feel, uh, and this season has really clarified it for me, is that I don't feel there is a direction of this club and what our identity is at the moment. A lot of these players uh, that we've had for since Carlos and... I know that they get a lot of criticism for not playing very well and they didn't play very well, they played dreadful. But I, I wouldn't blame them in thinking that they've been here for a long time, they've reached the playoffs, they're not going to be reaching that with Wednesday ever again. I don't, in a sense, blame them for thinking, like, what's the point being here? But then, that, but then again, that's not excusable. So I felt we could just get rid of those players and bring in like newer players who are a lot more hungry, a lot more ambitious and actually want to try and prove themselves in some way. I get that because um, there's a lot to be said about like you see different iterations of teams and they often talk about a rebuild, especially at the top levels. I know we're nowhere near that, but like at top levels, when you've got like a title winning side, you need to refresh it. And that's sometimes a case of small iterations to get it right. But there does become a point in every single side where you need to change most of the playing staff and only keep one or two. Um, And Wednesday haven't had that for a long time. Like, we haven't, we as you said, we haven't had that from the Carlos era or all that sort of turnaround. We probably haven't had it since the core of the side that was left after we rebuilt to come back into the championship. So mm. I, I do think there could be some positives to that. Like we're a big, we're a big fan on this podcast of talking about keeping the likes of Bannon and keeping players that want to be here and so. But maybe. Th- yeah, Bannon, I've got to, sorry, the flag's in there. We've got to keep him. But everything else, like, I can see the the signs of, like, yeah, they could do a job for us, but is it better to just bring somebody else in that doesn't, maybe hasn't got the gossip of behind the scenes that doesn't, because, you know, you know, if you're in a job for a while or something and you don't enjoy it anymore, it starts rubbing off on everybody else around you. And I feel like that's what potentially could be happening at Wednesday. Yeah, and you hear this talk about, especially what Monk was saying, uh, that there is a cultural problem at the club. So I wonder if that is because there are a few players that have been there for a long time and they realise that there isn't really a point being in this club anymore. And that rubs off on especially the younger players who are going to look towards them as role models and think, well, if they're not ambitious about being here, why, why should I be here? So 
this, and I think that's what Monk was trying to do. And I mean, I still defend Monk. I thought it was a bit too hasty in sacking him too quickly. I do. I did think that he would keep us up in championship. You've seen that with uh, Birmingham, for instance. I know he had the likes of Che Adams bagging in goals for fun and all that, and he also had a points deduction with uh, Birmingham. So I did think his vision was right in the sense of bringing in good attitudes like Patterson and Aidan Flint, who's a professional. But I just, so in, in terms of like making that culture fit and make it something good for the future. So, so yeah, that, so, and that comes with, you know, getting probably, you know, sidelining players like, you know, Hutchinson or Westwood, I'm not sure, but. Who would, who would you keep out of those? If you were to build an organic rebuild yourself, who would you say was the essential ones you had to keep in the current crop? Oh, this is, this is, this is weird. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with, um, I don't know, um, what the ones that have been here for the longest? Or the- well, just any. So say, take the current team. If you could reshape it and start rebuilding it next year, who would you think you had to keep? I would keep Patterson uh, only because he's got the right attitudes. Um, and he-, he likes punching chairs quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can definitely, he does definitely have some anger issues. I've noticed that. Um, but, but no, I feel like he has the right kind of passion. Uh, I think he's, um, he's mentioned that he's, he doesn't admit he is the best football player in the world. He's just the kind of player who just comes in, does a job. Um, you know, he's a utility player. He's put where he feels the manager is best putting him. So I do feel like he has the kind of right attitude. So I kind of build a sort of a team around Patterson if he stays in league one. And, and other than that, probably Barry Bannon, um, because yeah. he's been here the longest and he has um, good connections with this club. And yeah, I, I do believe it when he says that he enjoys being here. I know you get, you hear, you see these posts from... It seems genuine, doesn't it? It seems like it actually means that. Yeah, he does. Whereas you see, hear other players like, yeah, I love this club. I play in my heart on my sleeve. And then they get an offer from a Premier League and then they just like shoot off, you know. So, but with Bannon, I do definitely see, um, you know, some genuine genuine uh, speaking in there, definitely. I get that. I get that. I, 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 I see that one. Punk, what would you, who would you definitely have to keep? Give, give us two as well. That's a good shout. I reckon you've got to keep Bannon. And for me, Liam Palmer. Yeah, Liam that's where Palmer I was going. Has been a absolute different player under Moore. He knows how to cross a ball. He's been here, and he knows the club. He knows the culture. The problem Wednesday's had is that we haven't done a proper rebuild in ages. We kept older players when we should have really technically sold some of them on and made a profit. And this is a situation you can't keep hold of players and like stockpile them. It don't work. I think you you get banned and you get. Palmer, and that's your core lot. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see if the likes of Sam Hutchinson gets a new deal because he's going to be quite influential in that dressing room. Because mm. you saw it when he scored that goal, it meant a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been, I mean, I'm probably one of the Wednesday nights who's quite critical of Hutchinson. Um, uh, in, uh, but I would have, I would love to see him in League One. Actually, I do feel he would do a job in League One. Uh, you need a nasty git in League One. People yeah. forget that, and he is that. He is too. I would love him. I mean, you look at Mansfield as an example. I mean, in those lower leagues, they played such horrible, you know, aggressive football. So I would love to see Hutchinson just, you know, 
playing aggressively in, in League One, definitely. Yeah. I think he'd get less red cards because what's a red card in League in the Championships? Probably just like, oh, you silly man in in League One. So I think he'll, uh, I, he might be all right. But no, that's I, I get that though because there is a, a certain element of the fan base that does heavily criticise Hutch and doesn't think we should bring him back. Do you think we were right in bringing him back? Um, if there was no, um, I, I thought bringing him back was. Um, was a sign of someone not leading the recruitment team very well. We didn't have a manager, so we didn't have anyone who was telling the recruitment team, yeah, I want yeah. this one, I wanted that team. So so basically the recruitment team thought, well, let's just go back with Hutchinson. Um, so no, I, I didn't think um, it was good bringing back Hutchinson. Uh, did he come back on reduced terms? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 okay. He came back on reduced terms and he also had a clause in his contract if he played so many games, it would trigger a new contract. I mean, also, I mean, I don't mind Hutchinson as a, def- as a defender because when we first signed him, we signed him as a right-back and he sort of like made his way up into the defensive midfield. I, I would have him in League One as like a central defender. Centre-back, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I see him as centre-back, yeah. He seems a lot more controlled, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, in opposed to him being in uh, defensive midfield, where I would keep someone like Pulapesi, who you know has not gotten his fair share of good criticism. I love this. I knew we weren't mental. <laughs> I knew we weren't mental. Absolutely <laughs> true. I'm. I. I. I've defended. I mean, Dawson as well. I've always. I've defended Dawson for a while until that shocker at Rotherham. I mean, I am capable of being swayed to critiquing players. But no, I mean, Pulapesi has come a long way from coming into a new form of football, English football, and adapting to it very well. And he's done it well. And I would be very sad to see him leave Wednesday because I do feel he is going to leave us uh, and go to a a club somewhere in his home in his hometown um so he would be a player that i will deeply miss well it's good to meet another pelopessi fan i knew there was some of us out yes. there so uh, thank you very much for joining us callum uh, i'm sure we'll speak to you again as Cheer probably you. most people in in this chat today it's been a great chat so far so thanks mate and we'll see you again take it easy so next up we have got bob joining us live hello bob how are you mate i'm not bad yourself Decent, decent. So let's. Uh, how 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 are you coping? The weekend been all right. <laughs> not 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 much happened really, did, did it? It's quite quiet after all. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember most of it. Um, <laughs> been on the sauce a bit too much. No, I feel that. Yeah. Um, basically, what I'm wondering is what you guys actually think of Shansiri. Yeah. Do you think he's bitten off a bit too much? You know. Do you think? He needs better people around him or someone that understands the heritage of the club. You know, I mean... Do you, do you want us to talk about him professionally here or personally or what we think of his character, well, that sort of thing? A combination of all three, really. I mean, cool. do you think professionally he's taken on a bit too much coming from sort of a direct business route straight into football? Or do you think that his heart's in the right place and he... he not got great advisors around him or, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah, decent. Punk, you can go for this one first. Go for it. I think you look at what he does, his heart is definitely in the right place, but I feel like he needs to be an owner that's in the background, not being involved with more, let someone else run it for him and stuff and get it done because it doesn't help when he comes out with these comments and things. like we had the football when we had the fans forum when we were allowed to see each other some of the things they came out in that were just insane and i don't think it's a case of him 
meaning to say it. I, I think it's that kind of thing where it just comes out. The problem with Chancery is, is that he's stubborn. And when you've got someone who's stubborn, it's very difficult to, to turn around and tell them that they're wrong. And I think Apart that's the from problem. this statement, though, this mm. is where it turns for me now, because this statement that came out, you know, you saw the usual Twitter people go like, oh, well, this clearly had a PR team write this, but why would he have a PR team write this now when he's not bothered before, right? Okay, so it doesn't make any sense. I actually feel like this is him realising that, oh, you know what, the crap's hit the fan. And we've probably been quite lenient compared to some of the fan base on Shinsiri yeah. in the past because, personally, the way I see it as a character, I think his heart's in the right place and he gives a lot more of a crap than a lot of owners do. But he also is so stubborn in the fact that he hasn't realised how wrong he's got it early on and it's taken him a long time to learn and the club has massively suffered for that. He's not really... He's got that... This is a, this is a difficult thing with it. He's got that sniff of privilege from coming from money and doesn't realise that the way he's come in and priced a lot of fans out of the club, that that is going to set the fans off completely. And I don't think he realised how big a mistake he made there because a lot of people won't give him the benefit of the doubt mm. because of that. I don't think he did it due diligence, did he? No. No, God, no. I mean, what one thing, and it pains me to admit this, but my, uh, Bielsa at Leeds... He gets all of his players to sort of come in a couple of hours early and he's calculated how much each fan sort of works on average to pay for that ticket. And he has the players go around training ground cleaning, you know, doing local community stuff. You know, I, I think that's something that he could look into in the background, sort of just trying to help bond us together because otherwise I feel like we're going to get another relegation and then admin. I think Moore brings that, though. I think Moore's going to bring that side of it because Moore, I don't think, looking at Moore, he seems like a nice guy, but he also, I don't think you want to get on the wrong side of him. I think you'd want to work for him. I don't know if you get that vibe off him, but I get the vibe that like yes. he knows what he's doing. You get the funny feeling if he makes a mistake. If you make a mistake or you say something that is out of line, you're going to get both barrels. He could knock you out as well. He's oh, yeah. <laughs> All, all six foot four and, you know, 250 pound of him coming at you running like a brick. But he, but he, but he also looks you like, he also looks like a really nice guy. So he's kind of, he's kind of deceptive. But what do you, if you had to, if you had to be blunt about Chancery, how, how are you, how do you feel? What's your bottom line on him, Bob? I, I personally, I don't want him to sell up for the simple reason. I've got a feeling he'd make a big mistake with that, mm. you know, and he, he's put a lot into this club. But I just think he needs to sort of stand off, let someone that knows football deal with the club on a day-to-day basis. He's not here, you know. He's very much... He he likes to micromanage from everything I've heard. And I've got nothing but respect for the man. You know, he's come here, he's trying to learn a language, and he's trying to take us back to the Premier League. And I I know, Dex, you won't remember us in Premier League. I don't. It's something I've wanted for so long because I grew up with Man United fans, Liverpool fans. Yeah, same, mate. You know, um, and it just pains me because you say you're a Wednesdays fan. Nine times out of ten, especially like, you know, the plastics. Like, who the hell are they? Or they're just like, why? And you're like, that's what gets me the most. Like when people question it and you're like, well, why are you a plastic? You don't get me, you know, it's like, 
it, it's it's one of those where I get you, mate, because if me my my uh, one of my best mates is a uh, is a Liverpool fan. I don't, if you've been watching the channel for a while, you might have seen him on some of the content. My mate Adam and we were at uni together when Wednesday were on that playoff run. Yeah, and all I bloody wanted. I, for, for as long as I could remember, was Wednesday to get to the Premier League and to get to Wembley. I think it was in my first or no, it was the second year because we were in our house, and we we were like, that was when we were like on that promotion run, and it was the Wembley, it was the Wembley match, and I was like, we are this close to being able to just even play each other on FIFA and sort of have a chance. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's one of those where, like, for a younger generation of football fans, it's crap. It's really crap because we don't have the. We don't have the early nineties, you know, and yeah. all we. But the thing we do have is everybody talking about the bloody early nineties. We don't have any of the positive side of it, but we do have the, you know, the hearing about it. But yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from with that one, mate. And yeah, you will probably there'll probably be a bit coming from this. People will probably say you're too lenient on Chancery. We're too lenient on Chancery. I was ready to be like, pack your bags, mate. After relegation, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean. Like the last game me and my granddad went to together was the was Wembley, you know, yeah. and and I remember him just turning around to me at the, at Wembley and just going, "This guy is not going to be here for the next five ten years. He's just going to get us to Premier League and then fob us off to the next, you know, idiot." Which would have been fine, yeah. Just saying because we'd have been parachute, we'd have been a parachute club, but yeah. Businessman, isn't he? Businessman, is he, is he turning a pot? Is he trying to turn a profit? But do, what do you think the statement was sincere? Do you think it was a PR job or do you think it was him? Oh, I hundred th- percent think that it was a PR job. All right, okay, fair. For the sim- I, I disagree with you on this for the simple reason. I think the wording's a bit off compared to what he'd normally say. Mm. You know, he's, he's unless he's got an interpreter in there with him, we don't know. I'd quite like him to come out and sort of just give the fans some sort of glimmer of hope and next five year plan type thing. That's Do you the think there could be there could be a side of him that that it is a it is his words, but PR's gone over it because the one constant criticism that we've got is his bad English. Do you think that's and 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 on relegation, it's got to be exactly as he intends it. I don't know if that could be a side of it. I'm not trying to. I, yet again, I'm not. As I said, until I read that statement. You've you've probably seen all my tweets and stuff like that. I was like, I'm not, I am, I'm done. I'm yeah. ready to, for somebody else to pick up the club, but he's got to fix it before he goes. And I said this last week as well. But it's when he brought that statement out, I'm like, if you can show me intent to fix it, then I'm willing to give you another chance. And I'm sure a lot, some, not a lot of the fan base, not loads of them, I know, but I think a good half of the fan base would be willing to give that. Would you be willing to give him that chance, Bob? I mean, I'd be willing to give him the chance, but I, I think, as as you've said, you know, he he sort of he needs to come out and and not see it as much as a business because that's what he's used to, and see it as a football club. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. we we've been here for 150 odd years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah. Past no, I get five years, it's it's sort of such a small time frame on the championship club, but he's 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 pretty much. He's disregarded all heritage. I mean, the celebration for the hundred and fiftieth was. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That You're cake. not saying that cake was mag- was not magnificent. Did you not just think that was an actual work work of art that he brought? Well, there? this is the problem. He put a time scale on it. He don't put that time scale on. He doesn't get all this rubbish he's getting now. He no. put a time scale on it. You put a time scale on it. You expect it to be then. No, definitely. And it's 
It's difficult. Um, it's we've obviously we talked about Chancery a lot this week, but this this side of it, we never really hear from the community about Chancery no. apart. From, so it's nice that you brought that on, Bob, because we usually get people going. Um, just if, if it is a Chancery comment, it's just like Tuna Man needs to go now, and we're like, right, that's that's constructive. Can you help us? Can you expand so we can discuss it? But uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for joining us today, Bob. That's uh, Cheers, been Bob. a good chat, mate. Cheers. Have a good one, guys. Mate. So next up, we have got Dave joining us live. Hello, Dave, mate. Evening, how are you doing? All right, Not mate. Not too bad, mate. Reaper. Good stuff. Well, um, I think a lot's been said already, hasn't it, really? but um, This is where you've got to get creative now. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think just on reflection, I mean... Just, you know, not to go kind of go into too much depth. I've been a Wednesday fan for nearly 30 years and I've seen it all. You know, I'm, I'm lucky. I know we've already reflected on that on the Premier League. I was, you know, Carboni, Di Canio, Waddle, Hurst, Pressman. Yep. You were what we were just talking and, about. You, you were the one. <laughs> so they were all my heroes. But, you know, I mean, the past 20 years have just been up and down, haven't they? Um, I just think this season it's just been, you know, I think we're all, I'm honest and, I wasn't expecting much. I think the points deduction obviously was going to be impactful. Um, I thought on paper we had a fairly decent team to perhaps get out of it. Um, you know, I've, I've kind of always stuck up for Gary Monk as well. I think he did the best he could in terms of recruitment in the summer. You know, he did bring in his own team as well, which he hadn't had. Um, you know, I think all in all, we were in a fairly as good a place as we could be. Um, but I just think this season, I think it, with COVID, we're not having the fans there. I think that's had an impact and everything. Um, I've said for years at Sheffield Wednesday, the chopping and changes of managers is just not, it's just too unstable. There's just no... Is well, that what you think did it for us this season? We set a record this season for that. So, <laughs> let it be fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think that helps really. Um, you know, we keep, you know, the manager does seem to be the one whose head falls on when things go wrong. But we've seen this season, we've had so many managers in the dugout and none of them have really been able to get much out of the team that they've got at the minute. And I just think going into next season, I think we just need some patience and we need to give... Darren Moore just needs time to change the club. Yeah. Is, he, is he the man? Is he the man to take us, do you think? I think so. I was yeah. quite surprised when he got appointed, but really happy. Oh, I, th- I think we all were. We all got that news of like, oh. I was in bed. Ju- he, yeah. he, 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 I just got like my phone buzzed like massively because I, I think I was, I, I don't think I was at work that morning because it was, wasn't it like a Tuesday morning yeah. or something? It was, a Monday morning. it was a Monday morning. A Monday morning. After, after the international break. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, I just heard my phone constantly going off and I was like, hang on. Do I vaguely know this man, but you, Darren Moore's still not a big name. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, I vaguely know who he is. Oh, it's the Donny guy. Oh, it's the guy. Yeah. And then, then I was like, but then you look at it. Because I don't think, I think there's so much like who, when, when people come and link with it, even players. There's going to be so much of that this summer, by the way. The only oh, yeah. player we've heard linked so far is Cameron Jerome, apparently from one of those Twitter things, which is probably not true, but Jesus Christ. I don't want to go back down there again. Well, it's a Wednesday sign in League One, isn't it? Thirty-four-year-old. Oh, yeah, but uh, uh, no. Uh, do you think there's anybody we need to bring in League One? Who would you like, Big Dave? There's so many good players, isn't there? And I think, I suppose, in a way, going down into League One, we are still, I suppose, quite a big attraction for players, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
used the word big club. Uh, I suppose we are still, although I suppose in terms of fan base and everything, but in terms of a status, maybe we're not now. Um, I don't know, really. It's, there's some good players. I, I mean, one in particular, I think, would be, I don't know how good he'd be, quite an interesting one. Um, Kane Hemmings, who's at Burton Albion at the moment, he's had a decent season. Um, what position? I don't know anything about him, so I'm not going to pretend right, to do okay. All right, fair. I think he scored 16 goals this season. Good oh, decent. Player. Um, I know him anyway because I'm, I'm not from Sheffield. I I'm, I'm actually do live in the Midlands and Burton Albion are not far from me, so I do follow them as well. Um, he could be a decent player. Um, might be worth a punt, maybe. Um, I wouldn't have thought it costs a lot. Um, but yeah, I think there does need to be obviously a big reach shape and I think there does need to be a lot of new players coming in and I'm quite excited to see some of the fringe players as well like I think Deli Bashiro in particular yeah, I think he could be a decent player I think well, I know he's had that, some stick we got yeah. that Everton winger we got and we didn't see all season because he was injured he was meant to be 13 quality he is that Adi Owen or is yeah, that yeah I, that's why I said Everton winger mate yeah <laughs> yeah fair enough Fair enough. Also, when I was referring to Big Dave, by the way, Dave, I wasn't referring to you as Big Dave. So thought should we bring new you back there? When that's what that's what I said. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, do you would you have new you back? Good question. Do you know what I've always been? It's something that I do kind of think sometimes. I mean, I don't have many Wednesday friends, so a lot of my interaction is on social media, and I do feel sometimes we're a bit stuck in the old days and reminiscing, and it's like we'd have this player back and so on. I would take a punt on him and I would probably have him back, to be fair. He's one player I would have back because I don't, because he's a plan B that so many teams want, you know, and it's still a case. League League one one. with a six foot foot, six foot six striker that's decent with his feet. Just, it's, and and do you notice now as well, people are calling him a Wednesday legend. Yes, I have noticed that. And I'm like, are you taking the mitt? We got pelters for a year or so saying we wanted to keep him, you know, and now he apparently is a Wednesday legend because people realise that he was that plan, plan B that probably would have, let's be honest, he'd have probably kept us up this season with yeah, the scrappy goals he comes on and gets and, and opens up spaces. And often defence has had to put two men on him because he's well, massive remember, and they're like, you, you remember, can't let him go through. You remember that Preston goal from the corner flag where that he just took them all filth. on and he was like, bye. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that the Burton links there and stuff. We'll have to, I'll have to have a look because I think we might have mentioned him when we were looking at. Is Burton did. are they League One or two at the minute? League One, so we'll be playing them next season. Yeah, they've to be fair, they've had a decent season. Um, they didn't start very well. Um, really did struggle, but they bought Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank back in as manager a few months ago, and he saved them. He did a decent job. Bought in a few good players, um, a few loan signings. Um, one player that a next Wednesday player actually can remember Sean Clare. I think he's yep. was on loan. I don't know how well he's done to be fair. I think he's just played because they didn't have many of a player. He was one of the young ones that left us as soon as he got interest as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's he been went, one. Of he, the... he was meant to go down south and he ended up going to Hearts up north in Scotland. That yeah, <laughs> the the one who was desperate to move down south yep. and uh, yeah went as far, far north as you could probably go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'll tell you what we will do, Dave. Uh, thank, uh, we know there hasn't been much topics for, for you left there with that one, but uh, so there's a couple after you, so uh, good luck to them. Uh, but like, what we will do is, uh, if because when we play Burton, just make sure you're around in the chat and we'll probably be leaning on people for some information. So that'll definitely be ideal uh, coming up to Burton. So, or just, you know how to contact us now. Just 
give us something give us some tips on Burton or something to talk about before we actually play them then if you if you're in the know with them as well mate that'd be decent hey up you you'd had your pick correspondence in in your live stream you've now got your Burton representative exactly you see we're we're, <laughs> we're building the community of informants here now we're, we're going for it thanks dave thanks for joining us sure, mate. mate have a good one Bye, no problem. Have a good evening. Take care. So now we're going to bring in Caboodlefish and we're going to call him Caboodlefish because I've got Caboodlefish on the screen. How are you doing, Caboodlefish? <laughs> I'm around, mate. It's Andy as well. But yeah, Andy, nice well. not bad, not bad. This has been really cool. It's been like really nice to hear like the fans' opinions and stuff. It's been like really nice. Well, you if don't usually, you don't usually get, to, right? you don't usually get people to chat without somebody being really drunk and spoiling it. So unless Tom's going to come in absolutely leathered after, after you, we, we've done all right so far. I've I've choked a few times during this though. Some of the things people have said, just like, oh no no no. Were you um, going to say that, <laughs> or do you disagree? Probably, I'm going to defend Chancery a bit, but not okay. too much. Sort yeah, of indirectly. You can say whatever you want, mate. He's made mistakes for sure, no question mm-hmm. on that. Um, but I think an awful lot of people are missing the elephant in the room, which is Gary Monk. Gary right. Monk is the guy that wrecked the club for me. Um, right. I can't think of a manager. So I'm, I'm with, uh, what was it? it was Dave on last, wasn't it? Dave. Yeah. I was at Highbury when we came down. Um, so. Another three, three as well. Yeah, bird camp missing sitters. It was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've been, been following us a long time. And I can't think of a worse manager than Gary Monk. I can't think of anyone who's really interesting because your because your era, I've heard the same not thing. Even, not even Paul Jewell. For the, <laughs> a, a little amount. Oh wow! Do, do you know that the fam back through it? Go on, Karen. No, go on, mate. Go on. <laughs> it's not about us. <laughs> the other managers, and they all have kind of failings here and there. Mm. Um, so even like another one, I didn't think was. <laughs> they're all kind of like they've got their things that are wrong, but they don't mm. fail at everything. Yeah. And Gary Monk to me has has absolutely stuffed everything up. And not just for for him. We're gonna be dealing with Gary Monk fallout for years now, to me. Because it's what kind is, of it's massive because because like I've got everybody from that era, apart from Punk, funnily enough, uh, that I've spoke to doesn't like Gary Monk. And I just I don't know if it's his style because for me I thought his emphasis I liked the way he played football but he just never worked I liked his I liked his idea of playing football <laughs> you know you know his idea was great the execution was awful and that in a nutshell is it Dex <laughs> yeah well but he's kind of you you said on oh, I don't know if it was the it was the post relegation video I think you said you looked at the team on paper. And it's a decent team. But the, the team on paper isn't the team that's in the players' heads. And the reason there's a disconnect between that is Gary Monk for me. Like he, he spent half of last year doing press conferences going, I take responsibility, but the players weren't good enough. You know? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I haven't liked that Gary Monk could come out is that he took the Wednesday job to put two fingers up at Birmingham. And it's like, that's not what you do. And by the sounds of it, he didn't want to t- carry on the job at the end of last season. But I think he kept it because think, I think he knew we would struggle to get any manager in with that minus 12. Yeah, I, th- I think that was one. I was The decline after Christmas for me was just, yeah, it was 
it was mental. You know, we could have we easily... We went from the Jordan Rose hat-trick to being third to, like, 19th mm. at the end of it. Yeah, no, I... Again, that's Gary Monk's handling of the players, though, isn't it? Mm. Jordan yeah, Rose yeah. scores a hat-trick, plays the next game, doesn't score, gets dropped. So what do you think, apart from, apart from relegation, what do you think the damage is going to be then? Because you talked about lasting damage. What do you feel like that's going to be? Well, it's, been, it's been that destruction of the mentality of the players. So like the Jordan Rose thing where he plays, doesn't score, dropped. Fizz got his first start, drew, got a couple of sub-appearances, played a second game, lost. Never played for Monk again. Yeah. He's just, he's just awful at handling the players. And that's, you know, you brought in David Bates. He's got more games for Scotland than for us. <laughs> which is yeah. ridiculous. I forgot about him. <laughs> Smell. He was here a year. Didn't played one time. It's like, come on. Yeah. Well, but he didn't get a chance to do anything. No. And, and these players were all just sat around in the dressing room going, what am I doing? Thought Izzy Brown would be his man and he wasn't. You know, like that's the thing mm. with Izzy Brown. This, what did you think about Izzy Brown? Um, looked good those first three games and then got injured and never quite came back. Mm. So, you know, it, it looked promising, though. I mean, those first three games were great with, like, Rhodes and Windows up front looked good. Izzy Brown was kind of, like, looking like he could be a player. And then, yeah. We had a bit of hope, and it eventually killed us all. Well, he, he changed it. He dropped Rhodes again. And <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Rhodes should have had a consistent place in the team then? Yeah, you know I do. You've seen me in the chat, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm baiting you a little bit there, mate. I want, I want you to, I want you to develop. So you've got, you do you think Rhodes is still the player he cut was, or do you think he's still got signs of it yeah, in I think, there? I think he showed it in Derby, the Derby mm-hmm. game summed up. He put, he, put, he put his body uh, on the line as well. Most, really? most of our play was pinging out to the corner flag, going mm-hmm. over people's heads and out of play, right? But when it did go in the box. Rhodes was fighting for it, got on the end of it. We got two goals from it. Yeah. Left, the, left the game with a cut on his face, I think. So, so I was a bit miffed that Dex didn't call it out in the, in the commentary. But <laughs> which, which <laughs> bit? It's hard, to see, it's hard to see Rhodes' face down in the dirt, holding his face while <laughs> sort of like, you know, people are running off, sort of, yeah. But fair enough. Oh, I, yeah, I did, I I did actually, actually felt... mention the, the whack that he took, did I? I just realised that. I was a bit, I was a bit preoccupied, mate. I actually felt fairness. sorry for I felt sorry for him because you see him all running after Hutch and he's just there, like, going, hi. <laughs> oh, no, actually, I think, I, I think it was worse than that because I think when he was getting stitched up, I went, oh, he's hurt his face, bless him. And that's yes, the worst did. thing I could have possibly <laughs> done, actually. I wonder, I wonder why people don't, should sort of like see Rhodes doing things well when everybody's kind of ignoring it. So. I, I think I'm a bit burnt on it, mate, because I was in the same camp as you as Rose needs to start and Rose needs to get consistent stuff. And then this year when he had, obviously he didn't have the runs again, but whenever he did have a couple of chances in the team, he played really well one game and then go missing for a couple of games for me. And I felt like, oh, I can't keep defending you if you're going to do this. You've got to come mm. good because he's a player that I wanted every single summer for years. Yeah. You know, I was in the same boat. We, we It was... the I think a lot of people forget how much we wanted him there, but it's clear Carlos didn't want him. The Rose, the Rose deal was a case of we bought Winnell, making him to be the number one bloke. You're going to be our third man, and then we had a chance to buy Rhodes, and we did it. We should have picked between one or the other, and then he didn't fit Carlos's style of play. Though. No, and that's what didn't. That's what. Do you think that was a chance series signing through and through? I think it probably was. I think we bought Winnell because we didn't think we were going to get Rhodes, and then yeah. we did yeah. get Rhodes. Um, we got our pant pulled down for Rhodes. Carlos thought Rhodes was a target man. Mm. Um, <laughs> so he played Winnell off Rhodes, and it's like, 
yeah, Rhodes is a bit taller, but that's not his game. So so Rhodes ended up looking awful under Carlos. But what do you think Rhodes' best position is? Number nine. Stick him in yeah, the box. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Would would you keep him? Because there's a lot of factors in this now. I'd stretch the wage budget for him. I don't know if I'd stretch that far though. What would you stretch? Because we we've we've heard we've been talking about We've been talking about it today. Uh, well, we're about mm. to. We're recording this yeah. podcast in reverse. We're about to talk about the fact that um, it's... You're stealing all the good, the good stuff from us. And then <laughs> <you> <laughs> well, no, we wanted, to, we wanted to do this first so we could talk to you about what we're about to talk about. And then, yeah, and then, then you know, you know. So, we're, so it was like new information so we didn't seem bored when we were talking about it. Um, we'll go with that one. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we've heard that most of the squad are on 25, 30K. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Most of the squad, and that's come out from um, the uh, the article, the really good athletic article that's going around at the minute. Um, obviously, a lot of people haven't seen it because it's behind a paywall. Um, but it's uh, apparently most of them are on there, and Rhodes Rhodes potentially. This doesn't say this, but my estimate would be because Rhodes is such an issue. I reckon Rhodes is more thirty forty. I reckon he's still one of the top end Fletcher earners. Would you stretch it that far for a, for a Rhodes who is now is he thirty one in League One? I think he would bang them in, in League One. Um, mm, I'd need him to do a pay cut. I'd probably try and do a deal where he takes reduced wages for the year with a big promotion bonus. That's a good so shout. Not yeah. in the hole, right? If it will be interesting. Back up, we can pay him basically. Well, he's 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 because he's out of contract, and obviously it's kind of it's, it's nailed on. Uh, we're going to say it's nailed on for him to go back to Huddersfield, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tough sell. Mm. It's a tough sell to Rhodes to stay here. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you'll probably be supporting Rhodes, but when he's gone to Huddersfield, he'll be like, because he's he, Rhodes. He got the fan club for Rhodes, but I get it. I get it. I, I will watch, watch him go. Watch him go. Oh God, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, you they'll probably come back. They'll probably come down next. They'll probably it's looking that way. The way they're yeah. going, but. Um, with Rose, it's a case of um, I reckon he'll go to Huddersfield and bang him in if he goes, and that's the thing; it's just not yeah. fit for him in this system. Well, it's probably the one thing I want to see for next season is someone who can cross a ball. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I can't think of a player like who was the. I'm going to ask you guys who was the last good crosser of a ball we had. I was about to ask you that. Damn it! No, um, I've got to think. Uh, <laughs> Chris McGuire. Chris McGuire could whip it at times. At times, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Helan could cross. Hel- Helan could Helan cross could, it. Yeah, but he was he came from left back, didn't he? Yeah. So we go in ten years then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Close. The guy who could cross the ball. Probably, probably actually. Helan was Helan was in that uh, Wembley squad, wasn't he? So not quite, but 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 yeah. Um, Close. It's so it wasn't Carlos's style, which is fine because no, no. it worked for Carlos. Any yeah. ideas? Because apparently this podcast is our scouting pool now. It could be uh, it genuinely. Any? Do you want to bring an idea so Chancery, if he's listening, can 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 get on that or his son? Uh, hi, at. Do you want to? Do you want to tell him? <laughs> My second team's hearts. So uh, uh-huh. Patterson's a right back. That's one thing I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100 games for us he's a right back he's a really good right back he's maybe Scotland's best right back <laughs> but he's not a centre forward he also he also gets because I don't know if you play FIFA yourself mate but he, he becomes a 74 rated centre back rather than a 71 rated centre forward if you if you retrain him on FIFA because of his defensive stats some of the finishing we've seen doesn't it <laughs> first touch as well he's got a first touch of a centre back yeah yeah oh dear um, Gary McKay, Stephen, be a decent shout for me. He's got skills, that lad. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. kind of player who'll get you off your off your feet, and we probably need a bit of that. 
Aidan McGeady style. Aidan yeah. McGeady didn't play well for us, but like he's really gone into that Sunderland style, and he can. From what I've seen of Gary McKay, Stephen, he can cross as well, cross and, yeah, and beat a man. And yeah, I think that's a good shout actually. Who's can he play, I actually see playing for? Hearts in fit. I didn't hear you. Who's he? Play, who's he playing for? Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, he's he's, 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 he's at Hearts. Yeah. Do you no, think? Do you think we're going to see a lot of Scottish players in? Because they do go to tend to go to League One. That's what I would do. Because um, there's not a lot of money in Scottish football, but there are some half decent players. Mm-hmm. So I would I'd be in there scouting right away. I know that um more kind of did like Birmingham not Birmingham, Bournemouth under twenty ones and stuff he was pulling people out of. Um but I think there's only so many times you can tap that well, right? There's not mm-hmm. there can't be too many guys in Bournemouth under twenty ones who they want to let go and are willing to come to a to a League One team. <laughs> so yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably look at look north of the border because it's it's the right kind of market. It's the it's the money we've got. It's also I think cheap. that's that's probably the best shout. The to be honest. Theory. Yeah. No, that's that's brilliant. Thank you. You see, you, yeah, you said you didn't have many topics left, mate. I, I can do a bit more on the um, on the monk thing if you want, because like kind of we didn't really cover why monk had messed the. Yeah, go for it. We got yeah, a couple. Go of, we got a couple. We got a couple of minutes before switching over, mate. So quickly, yeah, go for it. Okay. So there's um. I think Dave said that he left us in a, as good a place as we could be. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I love you, mate. <laughs> um, we did. We started the season with no left back. No, yeah, that's a good point. We yeah. did, that's, that's true. He went to Stoke. It didn't just hamstring us in the time that Monk was playing. Everybody since him had to play a back three. Yeah. yeah because we couldn't, we couldn't do anything else. So then it's kind of, we're really predictable. Everybody knows how we're going to play because we can't do anything else. It's it's just a crazy thing to have done. Plus, locking Westwood out of the out of the team, out of the squad. Yeah, that was one of the most monumental. Why have two managers done that? I don't yeah. get that. Um, Yoss, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Yoss didn't have a clue we, anyway. To be fair, the left we talk about the Yoss, Yoss the better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good it's a good point. He wasn't really a manager. He can apparently he just used to sit on the sidelines and go, "Let's play football." That was his motivation. <laughs> he did his job right. He kept us. He stabilized us that season. Yeah, that was true. his job. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Went, so fair enough. I'm not. I'm not big against Joss, but yeah, Monk, you 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 hate the man. Well, I do, but yeah, yeah, I can't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind actually just doing an episode on the whole monk situation at some point. No, it'd be good. We've got. We've got. Plenty of <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think? The f- so so. What's your what's your before before we uh, swap over, mate? What's your biggest gripe with monk then? If you had to narrow it down to one thing, he's been the kids off. Yeah, yeah. The number of youth players that he let go. Yeah. Right now, going into League One, you you have a. F- a decent 11, you fill the rest of your squad out with kids. That's how you afford to do it. Yeah. But, but Monks, um, what? Kirby, Stobbs, O'Grady, President yeah. Borokov, um, Fraser Preston, Freddie Nielsen. Jeez, yeah. All these guys who were kind of on the edge of the team, probably yeah. forgotten some. They were all like right there, had fringe players, yeah. And they were the guys who would step up and fill out that squad in League One now. Mm. But they're all just gone. It does, there is, there is. That's what I mean by it kind of, we're going to be paying for this for a while because now we're like, we have no sort of experienced players to step up into the squad. 
I see that because to be fair, that could be a reason that the, uh, the 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 then the younger players are disrespecting the not disrespect, hmm, but you know, like not uh, not. Why would um, Urugidi stay if he's in all of the people that he was in a team with? Yeah. His team, yeah. yeah, just get binned off. Club don't care because Monk just got rid of him. Now fair. Is Urugidi gonna gonna commit? No, probably not. Gonna, he didn't yeah. see any for the guys around him, his mates when he was playing. No, I get that's that's a really that good point. Good now, point. Actually, that is a really good point to 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 end that segment on. But the 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 one thing I will say, mate, is if we're ever we're ever doing giveaways, I'll make sure if there's ever a Gary Monk T-shirt giveaway that you're you're high <laughs> high on the line on the chat. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for joining us today, mate. Great Cheers, to put a, a face to the name. Keep up the good work, guys. Cheers. 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 Okay, so last but not least, thank you very much uh, for waiting so long. We have got Tom. So Tom, welcome to Talking Wednesday. Thank you for waiting, mate. Oh, oh, Tom's gone. Tom, 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 Tom. There we go. We've got him. Um, camera messed up. I don't know what's up. It's my technology. It's awful. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. How <laughs> uh, are you both? Uh, all right, all right, mate. It's been. Bad. Do you know what? This is this is what I say. This it won't have recorded or something now, but it's been it's been a fun it's been a fun thing to do. This just chat to everybody, be able to hear some voices, put names to faces and voices and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's fun hearing everyone's opinions. It's just um, when you're at the end, you've literally got nothing left. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, funny enough, when you was on about the Joss hearing, how less said about it, the better. That's actually when I first properly got invested with Wednesday. All oh, right. You another picked a time. What attracted you at that time? Yeah. Um, it was kind of a family thing, because um, I started off, um, I was um, like a family thing, another side of it, I was pretty much, I was forced to glory supporter as a kid. And then um, Man United, don't ask, dark days. You were one of them. <laughs> but I came back for the good. Um, yeah, I started going along like to a few Wednesday games with my family, um, the other side that I got back in touch with, and I just really enjoyed it. And I didn't really keep that much into it. But then the actual game that fully maybe loved Wednesday was Sheffield United versus Wednesday. Um, when we actually lost four two, I'm gonna say because <laughs> you're talking about Joss, I was like, "Hang on, you you can't be on about that one." Do you do you love pain, Tom? Do you do you, do you like do you, it was all the atmosphere? I get that. I was gonna say, do you just like being miserable because that was Could that be, was that? Say I followed him this far. I'd say I must be a masochist or something to like it all. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Go on. To be fair, Dex, he was part of the thing. He was seeing Adam Reek goal of the season contenders every week. Mm. So in that sense, it was great. That was the season that I was watching it. Um, I was watching, was it West Brom with South? And we were 2-0 up going into the 83rd minute. Oh, God, minute. I remember that. And she, she was sat next to me. Um, and she went, she went, oh, you can, you can come and help me with this now because there's no way you're going to, like, they've, they've won, basically. She said, Wednesday have won, you can just come and do this now. And oh, I was God. like, why have you said that? And then... Well, you know what happened next in that match. Pella, Pella, one goal, it goal goes in, and then the equaliser goes in from Pelopessi. This is when he didn't know how to tactical foul. He's very good at this now. He needed to just wipe a man straight out, and that was sort of like the signs of Joss couldn't manage his way out of a paper bag in terms of game management for me. So what was it like, Joss, being your first manager then? It was weird. Um... I don't know. I couldn't like now what I'm seeing now. I can definitely see how bad Joss really was. Obviously, because I wasn't that into football beforehand, and it was only like glory supporting type of deal. Did you? Were you into a Wednesday at all as a kid, or was it? 
just it's like it was around but i was never with them long enough to sort of be took into it and like go into depth about it all no i get that and then obviously as stuff goes on i sort of brought it into my own and um it was particularly when i was at uni um i was watching the games while i was away and keeping in touch with everyone that way and secondhand like through that subconsciously i was more engrossed into the football and it proper hooked me sort of thing that's the thing with with i think a lot of people and we were talking about the detachment from clubs and things like that people don't realize that and with the super league and stuff like i forgot the super league in three episodes in a bloody row here uh but like with all that it's like you've got the fact that football is not just about the spectacle i love watching good football occasionally a lot of football comes from having a stake in it and also having the social side of it and i think that's the thing obviously we've tried to do much with this podcast is it's about seeing it all being part of the same cause and then talking about it and disagreeing on it but also like ranting about it pretty much and that's that's what the side of it is i as you can you said you were obviously a bit of a glory before not really into football that's when you can tell somebody's not into football when they can say that because the big part of football is the actual the commitment and the the social side of it and the 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 crap times of it but when you look at this season we yeah. haven't been able to do the social thing for two seasons now. I don't know. So... I've done it more than ever. <laughs> but then again, that is just me. It's been different doing it like through the um, YouTube comments, just all on your live streams. But it's been the best what we could do. And yeah, yeah. it worked out really well. But it's also, it's also a case of we wouldn't all be able to chat. If we went to a match, you can't hear each other. It's one of those where it's like, this has been a thing where I think I think it's a good, I, I'm going to try and keep doing it as much as possible where I can, where we're on TV and stuff like that, because I love that side. I Don't get me wrong, I love going to matches and stuff, but I've got a feeling it's still going to be like 35 quid in mm. League One. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, but yeah, like, are you, at, did you, are you at uni now then? Are you that sort of like, are you still following it from? Last year now, um, I did four years. Well, I'm on my fourth now. Oh, awesome. mate, well, I, I, f- I feel for you getting, getting, uh, getting a pandemic during your last couple of years of uni. That, uh, that sucks. Uh, yeah, but, but, yeah, it's it, not fun. <laughs> but, but the football side of it, so, so something good's come from the fo- football side of it. But what, so have you never seen Wednesday in League One then? You've never, you've obviously never supported them down there. What's your thoughts and feelings about that? Um, kind of optimistic because, like, obviously the stories I've been told from my family and that, um, with, like, the Wednesday glory days, it's like how much League One could change, and especially under Moore now, um, I'm actually optimistic for it because he, like you say, I think he is the man for the job. Um, definitely do us a lot better than Pulis would ever do, but that's a whole other story. Go on. Thoughts yeah. on Pulis? Because <laughs> we've not had nobody talk about him today, actually, funnily enough. Worst appointment we could have done, in my opinion. He, his style of play does not fit Wednesday whatsoever, um, just to us. Um, when he first got appointed in, my granddad turned to me, he's like, oh, yeah, you'll get a lot of games under him. He plays heavily defensively. It'll be boring, but you'll win. So we, don't have the, we don't have those players, though, do we? No. We'd have the, probably one of the worst defences, let's face it, especially when we got rid of Westwood, like pretty much out of net all the time, and we had Wild Smith or Dawson in net. And like, like you say before, I can't remember what video it was, but we had nobody commanding that back half like Westwood usually does. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the, the defence was shambles and we've got a heavily defensive manager. It's not going to end well. What do you think about Westwood? Because obviously he's out of contract. Um, do you want to keep him? What's, what's your feelings? Yeah, I hope he stays. And I know like you both said before, cause I know particularly point you run about it in the comments, you could see how much he cared mm. at the end of the games. Um, the Forest one and uh, the Derby one. 
Yeah. Yeah. And oof, you can, I feel for him, honestly. Like, he's got. He'd he been here since the Stuart Gray era, kind of yeah. thing. He'd been a long serving thing. And the one thing when they never do right, we never seem to rebuild for a keeper situation. And we're suffering for that again. If we can get him to come on for reduced terms, if it helps him with his family, great. But there are, there are also going to be a lot of teams that are going to want to buy him. Uh, not buy him, but you know what I mean? Sign him for championship. Yeah, but if you can guarantee him that he's the number one here, I assume he stays, in my opinion, mm. at his age. Because he's past yeah. his prime as a keeper, but he's still quality. And I think... I do think the crime might be the sign of the fact that they know the club can't afford him, so he's probably going to go. But yeah. I don't know. We we did talk about this last week, but finances are going to be difficult. But yeah, before in terms of players retention, let's talk about let's move on from player retention. Let's talk about players you want to bring in. If you, I don't know how into football in general you are, Tom, but is there anybody that's caught your eye that you'd like to see for Wednesday in League One as we rebuild? I know you mentioned it before, but um, I've got to say, because it's the only first one that always springs to mind, it's just bring new you back. New you back. Yeah. 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 A, a, lot, a big one we've been talking about as well when you're talking about strikers is Jeff Cop. I'm surprised nobody's mm-hmm. mentioned him, but he is also a case. I was t- speaking to a Plymouth fan the other day, actually, um, that says that you can take him because he's he started to, to go bad, which is actually probably a sign of Wednesday. We'll probably sign him now yeah. because yeah, we'll have him for a season, get us back up, and then uh, if any can do what he wants, he can go bad if he likes. No, I'm t- oh, no, I'm telling you, he'll sign for Wednesday and straight away he'll go bad. That's what happens. It What'll does happen. He'll sign for Wednesday. He'll go in for a tackle with Hutch and he'll break his leg. Yeah, <laughs> Hutchinson. That's that's another one. We spoke a bit about Hutchinson. Is he another one you want to stay? Because obviously he has probably been ever present throughout your Wednesday, Wednesday proper supporting life. Yeah, yeah, I definitely keep Hutch. You know, it's just the fact that he came back. I know it was on reduced terms and everything, but it again, it just shows loyalty. He didn't have to come back. No, no. I know, no. like, he was was he still on a free when he signed back? No. Uh, yeah, he, he got really he got released yeah, from the Cyprus club by Barry Quest, club, I think. Yeah. So, so I still think with he like because he pretty much got shafted, didn't he, at the end of the day? But to come back still after that. You can tell his heart's there. Well, I think he's got. I think he's probably earned himself another year with the amount of games he's played because he's oh, not really? got injured since he's come back. So I reckon. Yeah, I was going to ask for that because um, he was on about the contract. Has he played the games enough to get him the extra? No, but nobody I... knows. In nobody in the actual. No one. No one actually knows, but I think he's two or three close to it. And to be fair, if you have him with someone, leave one Hutch. It's just going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like you say, you need somebody brutal, and I'd say he's definitely that. But no, you definitely uh, you pick the worst time ever to to properly get into football, mate. But yeah. uh, trust me, I, it it kind of goes back because when I really got into football again was my first or second year of sixth form, and that was around. It was in League One because we'd gone to the championship. I'd got into us just as we got relegated again and was was back for League One. So you've obviously joined a little bit before that, but that's when I started to really get into the thing because that would be when the sort of like uni age was starting to come around the corner. So I get that one. And uh, good good luck, mate. Good luck supporting Wednesday League One. We're all going to... We're all going to have to suffer it, but uh, thank you for joining us today. Sorry you weren't left with too much at the end there. Thank you for waiting, but it's been really cool. Thanks as, for having us. Thank, thank you very much, mate. And uh, we'll... we'll We'll sure we'll surely have everybody on again. So thanks very much, mate. Take care. Honestly, that was one of the most fun things we've ever done on this podcast. I'm really glad we got the chance 
to do it. Obviously, we've been planning it for a month. We're a little bit late getting it round because obviously so much news broke and we are mainly a news podcast. Uh, but I hope it was worth the wait. Um, you know, we probably we probably won't uh, wait on things as much. We'll probably try and get things around a lot more because then they're also fresh off the mark and the uh, the uh, we keep we keep them fresh. The ideas fresh, so to speak. Eh? Yes. Hey, Jake, you know, fresh and uh, unique, so to speak. To the uh, point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's end the Talking Wednesday podcast there. But thank you so much for your continued support. We'll be back next week. Uh, there's we don't know what's going on with some guests at the minute. We have some guests go quiet. We're not a guest podcast. We have we are trying our we have got we we definitely got a guest coming on soon. Yeah. Um. We but we've been talking we've been talking to a few. Um. It's just a case of like, I, I don't know. I think right. I think us getting relegated has annoyed quite a few people, and I think people are worried we're gonna we're gonna say things. But yes, as we said, we don't. Use to be fair, to be fair, can we try and get Atty on? Atty knew you. No. Atty Chantiri. <laughs> well, we would like the new CEO of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. That would be brilliant. <laughs> but guys, until next time, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See you later.